Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Thank you, Brother Gleason. Praise the Lord, everyone. I need lots and lots of volume. I need lots of volume, both in the monitors and in the audience, because I will not really raise my voice tonight. I've had a whiplash, and I don't dare exert a lot of pressure on my neck. So I need lots of volume, less bass, much more treble. <coughs> Get all of this together. <coughs> Thomas Jefferson said, I am never so happy as when I am in the free flow of affection among friends. And that is how I feel about you people here tonight in this place. I am never so happy as when I am in the free flow of affection among friends. We are friends, and the common denominator is a man called Jesus. There is no one like him. There never has been, there never will be again. He is the best thing that has ever happened to any of us. If you agree with that, would you clap your hands and would you shout? Mm -hmm. With your voice to the Lord. I worship you, Jesus, because you are God. I want to read to you tonight from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, beginning at verse 20. Here is a very unusual setting, one that I have pondered many times through the years and began to really work with it just about a year ago. Here in Matthew, chapter 9, in verse 20, the Bible says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Say, hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw these most excellent Bible school students, and for saints of the Most High God, and for visitors, who have come within our courts tonight. I am asking, O Master of the universe, that you will anoint these lips of clay and cause me to speak as an oracle of the Lord. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, without which, O Lord, I can do nothing. I pray for the authority of God, without which, O Lord, it will be nothing. Confirm your word, else it is useless. Give me the ending, else it is in vain. Anoint us now both to hear and to speak. We will not fail to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We ask these things in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Would you clap uproariously for a moment? And would you lift your voice of praise to the Lord? Because David said, commanding to clap your hands, all ye people and to shout with a voice of triumph. And I can feel triumph in this house tonight. Hallelujah. 
It's very interesting to me to take note in the scriptures that the woman with the issue of blood, that when she got to Jesus, she reached for the hem of his garment. Why didn't she reach for his hand, his arm, his elbow, the girdle, the sash, the sandals, his beard, his hair? Why did she specifically reach for the hem of his garment? Then, in this other setting, the whole multitude that came, they came for one thing, they came to touch the hem of his garment. Again, why not his hands? Why not his feet? Why not the girdle or the sash? Why not his shoulder or his arm? Why were they intent on reaching for the hem of his garment? I have a website, and one of the pages on the website is a foreign missions page. That particular page is a painting Nothing more, nothing less than the two hands of a woman reaching for the hem of the garment of Jesus. And the caption is, if only all the hands that reach could touch. What is the significance of all of this? Why does the Bible specifically point this out? Why do we read that they came to touch the hem of his garment? It all really begins in the book of Numbers. If you turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 15, beginning at verse 37, the Bible says in Numbers 15, 37, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes. We would say tassels. In the borders, we would say corners of their garments throughout their generations. In other words, this was not to be a one-time thing or just for one generation, but they were to do this throughout all of their generations. <clears throat> and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue, and it shall be unto you for a fringe or a tassel, that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments. Say, remember the commandments. Say, all of the commandments. Remember all of the commandments of the Lord and do them and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye used to go a-whoring, that ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. In the Hebrew language, this garment is called a talit. Can you say talit? Say it again. It was a four-cornered piece of material that they wore. They were required by God to wear it. And on the corners of this four-cornered piece of material, there were to be fringes or tassels. And they were to wear it. Through the centuries, down to this present time, the Orthodox Jews, the Hasidim, they still wear this type of garment. It's much smaller now than originally here. But I don't care if they go to weddings, if they're wearing tuxedos or whatever. Below the hem of that coat, that jacket, sport coat, you can see these white fringes hanging down. And they don't care if you like it. They don't care how you think it looks as far as style is concerned. They couldn't care less. 
To them, it is the law of God. And to them, there is a significance in it. And to them, there is a spiritual power in it. So they are more concerned with that than they are your opinion or my opinion. And they wear it. I think some of them even sleep in it. It now is just like a small vest that they put on under over their shirts but the thing about it is this fringe is always showing why why the Bible says that they were to do this to remember the commandments of God now there were reasons why God did these things you must understand the Hebrew children had escaped been brought out by great deliverance from Egypt where they had learned all kinds of abominations and evils unimaginable God wanted to purge his people of all the sin and the debauchery and the corruption and the evil that they had been exposed to in Egypt. Not only did he require them to wear this tallit with these fringes or tassels, but there were other things that God required. For one, for one thing, the Orthodox Jews, to this day, they put on every door in their house what is called a mezuzah. It's at the entrance of the house, it's at the exit of the house, it's before every bedroom, bathroom, guest room, living room. Whatever room you walk into, on the facing of the door, there's a small box, it's a rectangular thing. It can be worth $5 or $50,000. It can be made out of solid silver or solid gold, and I've seen them. Made out of crystal, all manner of wood and carving. And they don't nail them straight up and down. They put a slant to them like this. They're nailed like this. The reason for that is because they were required by God to keep in that box the scripture, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God is one God. And God required them every time they went through a door in their homes or entered their home to take their fingers and brush that box wherein was the knowledge and the truth of hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one. And then they will bring their fingers to their lips and kiss that truth and walk on. If you follow them in their homes, every, every room they go into, they're constantly doing this. They're just constantly doing this. And they will chant in Hebrew, Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. God required that of them so they would not forget. There were these little remembrances, these things that would help them to remember the commandments of God in the fringe, that there was only one God. Something else that God required of them, and that was that they were to pray. When they came to pray, they were to wear something called phylacteries. Phylacteries are small wooden boxes, and it's very strange how they put them on. They strap them. They have a, a particular way of weaving the straps through their fingers, around their wrist, up their arm. And finally, the box of the phylactery comes to rest right here on the left arm. But they're also required to put those straps around their neck, around their head, and that box sticks out on their forehead. So when the orthodoxy pray, they've got, they've got these boxes, this little box on their left arm, and they've got this box on their forehead, and they sway, and they chant the ancient prayers, and they're constantly saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Why? Because God required of them to keep in that little phylactery on their arm and on their forehead the scripture that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, so that they would keep the truth of one God in their heart and in their mind. And I have watched them in Israel, teenagers, young men, 
I don't care where you are when it's time to pray. On the streets, in the shopping malls, they've got these bins right out in the middle of the whole shopping area with all of these straps and boxes. And they come up there and they'll stand there and you can walk right up to them. And they act like you don't even exist. They just look right through you. They don't care if you like it, if you don't like it, if you approve, if you understand. Because to them, it is their way to God. And they'll put those straps on, put those boxes on, open those prayer books, put that yarmulke on and that prayer and they begin to pray and they'll begin to weave and they'll begin to chant. I've seen them do it in airports. I've seen teenage Jewish boys in airports when it comes time to pray go to the wall in front of a packed area at gates and put all that stuff on and stand there and chant their prayers. My God in heaven, people, if they will do that for what they believe, what should we be doing with the truth that we have got? What should we be doing with the knowledge that's being put inside of you in Bible school? What should our people be doing with the revelation of one God that Jesus is that God? We have his name. We have his spirit. We ought to come to church every time we come to church. Doesn't matter what he preaches, what they sing. You you ought to come through the doors shouting the victory. You ought to come through the doors just leaping for joy. You ought to come in here and just tear it up. Would you clap your hands again and would you lift your voice to the Lord? I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I feel like shouting. I feel like crying out tonight. I feel like clapping my hands and lifting my voice because of what I can feel in this house. Again, oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Why don't you take your elbow and nudge your neighbor and say, get with the program. Look back and say, I will. Look back and say, now, <laughs> would you clap your hands again? And would you lift your voice to the Lord? Because God is in this house. And where Jesus is, anything can happen. Anything is possible in the presence of the Lord. Today, today, that <clears throat> tallit, we basically call the prayer shawl. This is the velvet pouch which carries such an item. In Hebrew, is written on the front, Talit. Inside here is a prayer shawl. I purchased this at the Ben Cohen shop next to the King David Hotel in Jerusalem. This is the type of thing that the Orthodox Jews wear in Jerusalem when they pray at the Wailing Wall. The thing that is significant about this is not the beautiful embroidery you see across the headband, nor is it the black stripes, nor the linen material. The thing that is most important about this the tassel. This tassel. This right here. This right here with the knots and the string. Why? Why? What is so important about the woman getting to this tassel? Why was she trying to get to the tassel? An issue, a hemorrhage of blood for 12 years, weakened. No doubt she crawled on her hands and knees to get to the hem, for she said within herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, if I can get a hold of the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Why did a whole multitude come to touch the hem of his garment? And those Jews wear these around their shoulders, sometimes over their head, they cover their head and stand and bow and pray the ancient prayers, the return of the glory of God to Israel, the rebuilding of the temple and the coming of the Messiah.
Messiah. The thing they're begging for is alive inside my heart and soul tonight. The thing they're chanting for is alive inside of your heart. And so, this tallit, or this prayer shawl as we call it, these tassels in the four corners, and they all wear them, they carry them, it's amazing. Why? Why? It has been estimated by some that there are as many as 47 references to the Jewish tallit in the New Testament. The New Testament uses other words to refer to this special garment, including cloak. It really means this right here. Tent, vesture, napkin, garment. When the Bible says the Apostle Paul was a tent maker, if you understand that this in the New Testament is called a tent, it gives a whole new perspective as to what his vocation may have been. I don't believe he made tents for people to camp in or sleep in along the road as they journeyed. He made Talit. He made these prayer shawls because there was always a demand for them. They wore them out and they were always reweaving them and making them. He had a good business. He was a tent maker. He made cloaks or garments. Jesus, no doubt, was an observant Jew. And as an observant Jew, he wore a tallit. Jesus said, I came not to break the law, but to fulfill the law. These tassels in the Hebrew language, this tassel is called tzitzit. Can you say that? Tzitzit, like a seat you sit upon. Just say it fast twice in a row. Tzitzit. Hebrew. Tzitzit. It means this tassel. Jesus no doubt wore such a garment. The tzitzit today not only represents the commandments of God, they also carry the name of God. In ancient times, the fringes or the tzitzit on this prayer shawl represented the authority of God. So, in this tassel was the commandments of God, the name of God. And an individual seat seat or an individual tassel, they were tied in a unique, unique pattern that represented the person's individual identity and position of authority. You referred to that. You could tell by the way it was tied who it really belonged to, because each individual, their knots were tied differently. And if you knew the individual, you'd become acquainted with the seat seat that was personally theirs that represented their name, their authority, and their power. In biblical times, a seat seat could be pressed into wet clay. They could press this into wet clay like a seal, and it would seal business contracts. It would exchange land. And all kinds of business transactions were done by pressing this fringe and these knots into wet clay. It became like a governor's seal. If you wanted to send a letter of authority across the country, you could take a portion of this, cut it off, and include that with your letter. And it, it validated the letter from the owner or the writer to the recipient of that letter. 
there are a few passages in the scriptures that clearly show the relationship between seat seat and a person's authority. I think this is some of the most incredible information I've ever got a hold of. Think about this. When David, David ran for his life from King Saul. Saul sought him out like an animal. David was always running for his life. But David crept in to Saul's cave where he slept. And the trans we, translation we have says, cut off the skirt of his garment. But what he really did was, while Saul was sleeping, he came in and he snipped off the seat seat. And when Saul awoke and saw that his seat seat had been cut off, David cut off his authority and his power. That's why Saul said, now I know, David, surely you will rule over all of Israel. Because David, in the king's sleep, had come in and cut off his authority and his power and left it lying on the ground. Lift your hands and let your voice out and worship the Lord. Surely you will be king, David. Elijah. Elijah is Israel's greatest prophet. Today, I can take you to the Mount Carmel mountain range overlooking the valley of Armageddon and take you into the caves where they know Elijah lived and dwelt in his earthly ministry. And those Orthodox Jews come there and they walk in there and they will light candles, not because they're Catholic, but because it's dark in there. And they will light candles. I've sat among those old Jews on those stone benches and they will chant and remember the power of Elijah and the great feats that he did in the presence of the Lord. They'll come all across the country just to go into a cave to pray where they believe that Elijah the prophet slept and lived. He is the greatest prophet. He is the most powerful prophet. He has great, great renown in their minds and their hearts. Great reverence even to this day. Elijah is their prophet. Elijah, the Bible says, wore a mantle, a tent, a covering, a prayer shawl, a tent, all the things I've said. Elijah's mantle was most probably a tallit, and it had four corners with the tassels on it. We read in 1 Kings 19.19 that Elijah threw his mantle over Elisha when he called him to be his successor. The Hebrew word here is adoret which means glory or honor. So when Elijah threw his mantle over Elisha, he was covering him with glory and with honor. He covered him with glory and with honor because it was in that mantle. A garment of glory. Can you feel a garment of glory in this place tonight? The mantle of Elijah was different from most because it was made of camel's hair. It must have been a beautiful piece. Goat's hair is what we call cashmere. But the mantle of Elijah was made of camel's hair. It was valuable. Probably a very beautiful piece. He wore it. It was made specially for him. Because of this, it is speculated that the tallit or the mantle or the prayer shawl of Elijah 
was passed down through the generations, preserved by the priesthood. Just like they preserved for centuries, you know, the ark and the tables and the rod and the candlestick, the menorah, and all the appointments in the temple. Jewish rabbis say that this mantle of Elijah was passed down through the generations, preserved by the priesthood, and eventually owned by a priest in the temple called Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, when he came out of the wilderness preaching, his father Zacharias placed the mantle of Elijah upon his shoulders. That's why the Bible said John was to come forth clad in camel's hair, and the angel had proclaimed that he would go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And if that, if that has been passed down, think what we can pass down with what we have a hold of in this place tonight. Lift your hands and let the Holy Ghost become stirred inside of you for just a moment. Let your voice out because there is a spirit of revelation here. There is a spirit of understanding in this place. You can lift your voice. It doesn't matter if your neighbor hears what you are saying. I can tell by looking at some of your faces that there's revelation in this place. There is understanding in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So... When the woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd, most likely crawling on her hands and knees, she reached for the seat seat. She reached for the fringes because she knew, she believed if she could get, if she could get to this fringe, if she could get a hold of the fringe, if she could get a hold of the name of God, because that's what that represented. She didn't want his arm. She didn't want his hand. She didn't want his beard or a girdle. She wanted not a sandal. She wanted to get a hold of the name of God because she believed if she could get a hold of the name of God, she would be healed. People, I've come here tonight at the beginning of this mantle conference to tell you we're not reaching for some fringe on some four-cornered garment. We are reaching for something else. We don't have to have a hold of fringe. I've got his name. It's alive inside of me. I've got a name. I've got a name inside of me. If you've been to water in Jesus' name, you've got the seat seat permanently inside of you. You've got the power. You've got the authority. You've got the name. You've got it inside of you. It's only a matter of stirring that thing up. If you will stir that thing up, there is no telling what will happen in your individual life and conglomerate for this church. How many of you tonight want to somehow be, reach out and touch the name. You want to reach out and touch the name. If you will throw your hands in the air and begin to call out upon him, you don't have to crawl to get to a hem. You've got to get a hold of something else in the spirit. We're not here reaching for earthly fringe, or tangible fringe. We're here with a name that is above every name. There is no name like unto the name of Jesus. There is no power like unto the power of the name of Jesus. It will set you free. It will deliver you. It will totally exonerate 
invite you and it's in this house but it's a matter of stirring up the gift that is inside of us it's a matter of stirring it up there are some of you that ought to climb out of those seats. There are some of you that ought to come out of there. You ought to step in the aisle because the Holy Ghost is upon you. The Holy Ghost is upon you. The Holy Ghost is in this house. And he wants you to get a hold of him in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the word of God. By the power of the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I set you people free to do it. I set you free to do it. It's upon you. You Bible school students. I can feel that anointing upon you. There's something on you. There's something on you. You've got a hold of it, son. You've got a hold of it. You ought to come out of there. You ought to simply come out of that area. You ought to get out here where you can do what you feel. Because the hand of God is upon you. And I'm here tonight to tell you, God is going to use somebody. It might as well be me, and it might as well be you. Somebody is going to get a hold of a mantle. Somebody's going to get a hold of the power. Somebody's going to get a hold of this revelation. Someone's going to get a hold of it like they never had a hold of it before. People, the days of just having church are over. We need to have a demonstration. We need to get involved. We need to stir up the gift that is inside of us. You need to reach out to somebody. You need to reach out to somebody tonight if you're a believer here tonight if you are baptized in Jesus name if you are filled with the Holy Ghost if you've got this fringe inside of you if you've got this name inside of you if you've got this authority inside of you if you've got the commandments inside of you you ought to come out of there with the holy boldness you ought to come out of that seat with the holy boldness you ought to get a hold of somebody and say such as I have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth I command it I command it I command it some of you are beginning to move right now some of you are begin to move right now keep it up keep it up keep it up you ought to reach over and get a hold of somebody near you climb over a pew and get a hold of somebody reach across an aisle and get a hold of somebody but touch him touch him touch him while he is in this place tonight hallelujah 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 Tonight, tonight I prophesy to you something is happening here tonight that's never going to die. Something is being born here that's never going to die. There's tremendous hunger in this area. There's tremendous hunger in this area of the country. There's hunger in this church. You've got everything here tonight to build, to build a foundation upon. The glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. That thing is beginning to build tonight. I can hear the sound of the rushing mighty wind. I can hear the crackle of cloven tongues of fire. People, 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 stir up the gift that is inside of you. Come out of your corner. Come out of your seat and get a hold of him. Get a hold of this fringe. Get a hold of the name. Get a hold of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just for a moment, reach over to someone near you and take a hold of their hand and begin to pray in the name of Jesus. And as you begin to pray in the name of Jesus, expect the miraculous. Expect it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of... That's it, that's it, that's it. Do you feel that? Do you feel that? You've got to feel it because you've got the power to do it. You have to feel it because as a believer, you've got the power to do it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. In the name, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. By the authority of the Holy One of Israel. By the authority of the Holy One of Israel. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Yes, 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 yes. 
Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do you hear the sound of weeping? Do you hear the sound of crying? Do you hear human voices being lifted tonight in this house, in this place, in this house, in this place, such as I have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Is there anybody here tonight you want to come running? Is there anybody that wants to come running to this altar tonight and say, I'm going to get a hold of the name. I'm going to get a hold of the name. I've got to get a hold of the name like I've never had a hold of it before because it's in this house. It's in this house. It's in this house. It's in this house tonight. The name of Jesus, the power of God, the glory of the gospel, the commandments of God, his power, his name, his authority is in this house. Powerfully, powerfully, powerfully. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Some of you have so such a little ways to walk. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, tonight at the beginning of this mantle conference, I pray for a transfer of authority and power. I pray for apostolic procedures. I pray for prophetic utterances. I pray for the gifts of the Spirit to operate here. I pray that the power of this meeting will go forth into all of this area. God, in the name of Jesus, that you will, Lord, tonight, God, that you will, O Lord, I pray, cause the power and authority of God, a five-fold ministry, to take shape here, that something will happen to these Bible school students, that they will spread this, that it will happen for the men in this church, for the women in this church, that every preacher here tonight will suddenly get a hold of the glory and the power and the authority of God like never before in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. You can reach out to someone near you. If you've got, if you're a believer tonight, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you can lay hands on someone and transmit authority and transmit power to them in the name of Jesus. That's it. Let your voice out. Let your voice out. Let your voice out and cry to him. Let your voice out in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I must have it. I must have it. I will have it. I must have it in the name of Jesus. I must have it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will lift my voice to him. I will seek his face while he may be found. I will call upon his name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details. Thank you.